0: Discography, discography, discography. dive.
1: Well, we're out of the dumpster fire. We're made it. We're back. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, he encourages everyone to break stuff, Mister Rob Fortune here i am how are you jumo uh i feel i feel a lot better i'm hydrated right now uh doing good good. uh shit it's december uh let's see i was watching home alone because you know christmas shit yes and uh i'll tell you this here here, i i I know i can i can track pedophiles minds bro because i knew Mm -hmm. like when my colleague hoken was in like uh when he's doing the scene where he puts the aftershave on his face he screams into the mirror he's like ah! yeah mm-hmm. i was like michael jackson was jerking off to that scene like yes on repeat constantly i'm sure like,
2: there were many people who still jerk off to that scene yeah. <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> fucking the pedophiles dream this is just and i'm just like i told my wife that she just shook her head and walked away and she uh, knows
2: it's, it's true though
1: she she knows it's right. I'm yeah. not wrong. I'm not wrong. I I know I I know fucking sick people and yeah. I'm we're here to get rid of that. Anyway, moving on. He's living it up at Ram Ranch, Mr. Jeff LFA.
3: That's right. I'm happy to be back. I missed last week. I guess I missed an interesting episode. I still haven't listened, but I'm stoked to be here and I'm stoked to, to ruin everybody's nostalgia childhood this week. Yes.
1: Yeah. So you ever you ever see like a friend? That is just way too drunk, and they're just like doing the silliest shit, and they're being obnoxious, rude, uh, just yeah, just nice. over, overall being a burden. Yeah, that was me. That was me last week. So <laughs> yeah, that was you last week. <laughs> that was me last week, and and everyone's like, uh huh, yeah, okay, okay, all right, all right. But well, mm-hmm.
3: they do say that the first step is uh, admitting it. So mm, you're doing that's good. true. Yeah. I-
1: I've been admitting it for way too long. But anyway, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no fix. There's no fix. He invented the stink finger, Mr. Jack Falcon. What's up? Well, what what you got? what you got?
2: Well, that's a PBR, but I have like a, a good one next to me, But I wanted because I, I wanted to hear if this other one sounds like this but I don't want to say anything before opening it. So let's hear this because I'm just going to drink it anyway.
1: You're double fisting or what?
2: <laughs> no, but I want to hear both of you. All right, let's hear this. This is a, this is a Ring That Bell uh, dry hop Pilsner, damn fine Pilsner. Okay. All right, let's hear this. Ready? Mm-hmm. Different that sound, one. but still pretty crisp.
1: It, it's yeah. it's a more expensive beer though. You could tell. Yeah,
2: that's why. Yeah. All right. it, need, it must need less carbonation or some shit if it's better.
3: I think that one week we should just like completely just like uh blank him on it and be like oh we, we didn't hear anything what are you talking about <laughs>
2: i'll keep
1: opening them <laughs> so he gets black he gets blackout drunk and we're like you're right buddy we still didn't hear that last one and then he starts crying he's like i can't fucking do this shit uh, so yeah um that would be a good idea, because then I like I, I remember seeing Jack Falcon drunk, the, his worst one time, and it was just like, oh, my God, this is, this is. Yeah, this I, is, was, I was
2: like you last week, bro. <laughs> it,
1: was, <laughs> it was not good. It was, it was, uh, there, there, there are people crying, but anyway. Dude,
2: a drunk and like intoxicated brain is legitimately the stupidest thing on earth. Like animal brains, like a mouse is smarter than like an intoxicated human brain.
1: Oh yeah. For some sure. of the
2: shit that I've done when I was drunk and I wake up the next day, it's like, what the fuck was I thinking? Why would I ever do that? I
1: don't know. I definitely have uh, uh, some Patreon stuff to talk about after mm. uh, off air uh, about shit that we need to incorporate on the next show because there's, there's, there's some fucked up shit that I I want to tell you, <laughs> but you got to pay for it. Anyway, I was gonna say you got to pay for it. Pay. You gotta you gotta pay mm. for it, Randy. It's mm. looking for free touching's gonna cost. Uh,
2: Also, also, I'm I'm disappointed that I didn't get the Ram Ranch intro because I told you guys I had a dream that Jomo and I lived together on Ram Ranch. Mm.
1: I I think your closet gay for me. I'm okay with it. It's just not gonna happen. (laughs) I think Jeff seems like a rancher like he would own like a hundred acres corral. Yeah, well, he's
2: trying to make an, an honest living out there.
1: You know he's got mm. some cattle. He's got you know some some livestock. Uh, the, the wife's inside. She's you know doing good things and then he's out there fucking ram ranching it but he's not gay though. That's the thing. He just calls right, it yeah. ram ranch and then he lets mm. us be gay in the outhouse. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> What's going back there boy? Ugh, someone's taking it up the ass. Ugh. Uh, it's not a gay fuck Mary kill. I gotta <laughs> Straight fuck Mary Kill. Um, all these are all actresses or uh celebrities singers from uh Florida, or they originated or live or born in Florida. So we got Anya Taylor Joy, um she's the actress. Everyone knows her from most famously, probably Queen's Gambit. You have Ava Mendez, who is in numerous movies, uh, if you ever saw the other guys, she played, like, this hot housewife that, I mean, for sure, was way out of Will Ferrell's league. And then we have <laughs> Saisha Mercado, who was a singer. She was a um, singer, songwriter, whatever. And she was on American Idol. Uh, she was a finalist. So, Fuck, Mary Kill, Omni Taylor-Joy, Ava Mendez, and Saisha Mercado, Go.
3: All right, I'm going to go because I, I got this all written down. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. I'm, I'm going to start off as I'm going to bang Eva Mendes because fucking look at her. I know. Uh, that gift. Um, mm.
2: Woo! Spicy. I,
3: uh, I'm going to marry Saisha Mercado because I don't know who she is, but she's she's from Connecticut, so it won't be that far to, to travel on holidays and shit. And mm. then most importantly is I'm going to kill Anya Taylor-Joy for the one reason is The Witch is the worst fucking movie. I walked out of it yeah. in the theaters. <laughs> if you like it, I'm sorry. I hated it. And she's guilty by association.
2: She's no, that, yeah, that movie—that movie's legit. That's a good movie. Mm.
3: Legit, dude. I love everything else that that dude does. The the lighthouse, awesome. Uh, the the witch legitimately walked out and snuck into Star Wars for like the second time because I wanted to get my money's worth because it was so bad. <laughs> for
1: sure, that makes sense.
2: Oh God, I searched Anya Taylor Joy with my safe search off. Good God.
1: What? Wait, are you getting do you got nipple deaf? What's going on? No, there's like
2: a lot of deep fakes of her like jerking off multiple dicks i mean and i didn't even I didn't even put anything as, spicy as, in the search
3: as the witch no <laughs>
2: <laughs> It's just deep fakes <laughs> out of like somebody else. I, I doubt that she was ever in a situation where a professionals taking a picture of her like jerking off two cocks simultaneously.
1: That should be I could, automatically that could be wrong That should be automatically in an actress's portfolio like you have to show there has to be hand job picks it has to be
2: yeah. Right up in the front, next to the. What, they call it the mug shot, or what do they call that?
0: Yeah, uh, I will call that the money shot. All right, <laughs> I'm I'm glad that you know that that's a deep fake. This is a scary time <laughs> that we live in. Um, well, I'm so- assuming
2: it's a deep fake. I could be wrong. <laughs>
0: Okay. I'm going to marry Saisha Mercado. Uh, all of my exes are white and that's too fucking white for me. I'm, I need to experiment. So I'm, I'm starting by marrying the first uh, non-white person I see, Saisha. Um, I'm going to marry Anya Taylor-Joy because I love the Queen's Gambit uh, and I have never seen Ava Mendez before. I don't feel bad about murdering her she's hot fuck?
2: i'm i'm def- I'm definitely fucking Eva
1: mendez oh, let me let
2: me, get, let me get a good pick here look rob, at this core
1: rob threw me a fucking curveball on that one
2: oh, shit. <laughs> God. And yeah i think i, I think i'm marrying I, goddamn. Like, I was originally gonna kill her because the picture you put there wasn't that great and i had so i went and found some other ones where she's pretty hot so i'm marrying her and anya taylor joy she was in uh the movie last night in soho which i thought was good however I don't know. She does nothing. Facially, she really doesn't do anything for me. So she's dead.
3: Yeah. So yeah. what you're saying between the lines is that she was in The Witch, which was a horrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes.
2: Even though I liked I like it, her. the movie was horrible, <laughs> and she's dead anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at this picture of Eva Mendez. This this is real, but you might think it's fake.
1: Yeah. She She's, she's went nude a couple times. She, oh, Jesus. Yeah you get it, Is that uh jack did you go yeah i just went okay cool oh jesus i'm looking at ava mendes but you know whew, yeah jesus Eva Mendez, mendes look, look at those fun bags all right um so <laughs> i'm fucking ava mendes uh she's literally married to ryan gosling who i would be a power bottom for um So that, you know, she, and she's got good genetics, you know, if I, if I accidentally spread my wealth into this world, it's going to be inside of her. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm kind of going with the same thing that I I think um, me and Jeff are on the same wavelength wavelength um, because I'm going to marry Saisha Mercado doing it strictly for genetics and attraction. Um, She, she's in good health fit. She's talented and, You got to mix the gene pool, man. That's how you get it stronger. Um, And I'm killing Anya Taylor Joy strictly on the size of her uh, breast cup. That's it. She's an A. (laughs) That's it. I mean, that's basically, you're basically a pre pubescent boy. I don't want it. Not for me. Pretty sure that she legitimately, like, oh no, I was going to say,
3: we all killed her. But no, I forgot, Rob saved her, Mm -hmm. spared her Mm life.
1: She she may have Rob's blessing, but she doesn't have mine. That's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> enough, Fair enough. All right. I'm ready to talk about the biscuit, limp fucking biscuit. Let's go.
2: Can I ask a question first?
3: Yes, <clears throat>
2: What's what's a worse look, being a juggalo or being like a hardcore limp biscuit fan? Juggalo. Like right now, it's
3: Ju- exactly the same thing. No,
2: you it's think not it's the same. No,
1: the fuck, it's not. <laughs> How fucking I don't dare think you, it is Jeff? You.
3: Oh my God! Are you Yo, serious? Juggalos, juggalos are the worst. No, I, I'll, I'll give it to the juggalos. They're fucking ass
1: yes. cancer, bro. They're they. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, like... did you know that floor that
2: like after they, <laughs> they spray all the soda and like your feet just get stuck to it. Yeah,
1: dude. Legitimately, I, I had to mop that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> all the Fago root beer. Yeah. yeah you should have fucking <clears throat> sold
3: those shoes on eBay for like 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 Fago shoes after fucking having to deal just, with it that
0: Just moment.
1: stained orange disgusting it's fuck. here's the thing is that the fbi declared them as like literally a terrorist group and and i'm encouraging that i think we need martial law against them we need a we need to basically hang them or put them in camps where they could figure out how they want to change okay (laughs) that got a little little edgy i didn't go too far to the to the right or left nice Okay.
2: All right, I want to say one more thing before we start this. Well, I want to say two more things. All this information and shit is from Wikipedia. Oh, and it's also from the Grammy website because uh, Limp Biscuit has been nominated for Grammys. So I figured that someone out here is going to be like, oh, Jack Falcon had me listen to Limp Biscuit for a week. No. Okay, no. I did not choose Limp Biscuit this week. All right. The universe chose Limp Biscuit this week. No. I haven't thought of this band in years. And like last week, the day after Thanksgiving or whatever, I'm, I'm in the bar and Faith comes on. And I, someone, you know, played on the jukebox or whatever. And I was surprised how well, in my opinion, it holds up. Then the day after that, I have a show and one of the bands closes with break stuff and it fucking killed. And I was like, okay, that's the sign. That is the sign from the universe. We got to do it. So I didn't pick it. I didn't, but don't blame me. The universe picked it. Blame the fucking universe. Okay. Mm. All right. Bill is a 13-track record, released in 1997, coming in just over 61 minutes long. It's the band's debut studio album, reaching number 22 on the U.S. Billboard 200 charts, and contains the singles Counterfeit, Nobody Loves Me, Sour, and a cover of George Michael's Faith. Durst named the band Limp Bizkit because he wanted a name that would repel listeners. According to Durst, the name uh, is there to turn people's heads away. A lot of people pick up the disc. Yeah, a lot of people pick up the disc and go, Limp Biscuit, Oh, they must suck. Those are the people we don't even want listening to our music. Continuing the band's policy of using titles that would hopefully repulse potential listeners, they named the album by using part of the phrase Queer as a $3 Bill, which I have no clue what the hell that means, uh, and adding the word y'all at the end to embody Florida slang into the title, consequently giving the album the name $3 Bill Y'all. During the sessions, an early version of the song I'm Broke was recorded, but it was decided that the song didn't fit It was later reworked and re-recorded for 1999's Significant Other. Pollution was inspired by people who say the band's music is nothing but noise pollution. Counterfeit was inspired by local bands copying their style, and Sour was inspired by Durst's problems with his girlfriend. The mood and tone set in the studio allowed the band to improvise, and a recording of the improvising appeared as the last track, Everything, coming in over 16 minutes long. $3 bill, y'all, has been certified two times platinum. Rob, what do you think of this album?
0: Can I talk last on this one?
2: Sure. Jomo, what do you think of this album?
1: Dude, I, it's my favorite fucking Limp album, man. It, 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 there's just so many iconic fucking songs. Um, but to me, this, this album is like a bunch of dudes who hang out with different cliques but are all still friends came together <laughs> and made a fucking band that is like fucking – they're legit talented, man, except for Fred Durst. All right, so Fred Durst reminds me of that <laughs> skeevy burnout who's, like, always high, he's beatboxing, doing his own thing, and and, and the fact that he's wearing a New York Yankees hat, I will hold that against him, um, that's why I don't like him, John Otto, uh, legit talented, fucking, but, you know, he's a spazzy drummer, man, he's out there, you know, he's crazy, uh, Wes Borland is that goth outcast, but he's still, like, cool with people, because you burn up with him, and Sam Rivers is a dude who's skating and smoking, right, DJ Lethal, He's just a guy who's about it, about it, and knows where, like, the best party is with the most alcohol. So this album brings back all the old school skating days for me. You know, just burning up, smoking, putting on $3 Bill. I put on a few other Limbisket albums that I don't want to talk about. But $3 Bill was just like, it had all these fucking great songs that just stuck in my fucking head, man. And You just get a great tempo. I mean, uh, tempo to fucking just hey i'm going to hit this rail i'm going to hit this ledge and it, it, they're just catchy man and they're all all these guys are talented in their own respect man except for fred Durst. um <laughs> i think i don't think that west borland is like uh like a super great guitarist but he is he he's not great he's good and he's got interesting guitar tones and throughout the record i did I, I said, like I don't like Fred Durst man. it's it's just because I cringe a little bit to Fred Durst's vocals and lyrics, man. it's it's there's times throughout this album where it's like it's more spazzy and it's i I don't know if he's trying to be like Jonathan Davis in his own respect where he's trying to lose his shit, but also still trying to be artistic. To me, I just don't like it. It's not good. I'm not saying that Fred Durst is probably not a cool guy. I just don't like the way he sings on this record. Um, I know why Jack Falcon fucking chose this band. Um, Sam Rivers' bass playing on this is fucking chunky. The riffs are amazing. It's just heavy as fuck. There's so many different tones. The dude is super talented, man. And he, they they just have their own little fusion of everything that makes them Limp man. Way better than Linkin Park, but not as good as Korn. Uh, overall, Korn wants their music style back, okay? Uh, <laughs> that's fucked up. Um, I won't say that. Limp is definitely different. I, my favorite song, though, is the cover of Faith, man. It just, it, it, it just blew up, man. When you hear that fucking song, it's better than the original, man. And I, I don't know. I got a lot of respect for, for them to go out there, take that song, make it kind of like put their own little fusion on it, and it sounds better than the original. In my opinion, $3 bill, great fucking album. Pick it up or steal it.
2: Yeah, this is my favorite as well. So when I'm on Wikipedia, it says here, John Otto studied jazz drumming and played in local avant-garde bands before joining Limp Bizkit. I was really surprised to see that. I had never done any dives into any of these guys. Well, besides like if people know like random shit about Fred Durst, who I hear is like a really nice dude. Um, So, okay, when you said that you don't think he has any talent, he's kind of like the salesman of the group he's able to pull all the stuff together and kind of have and and put the front on everything and and i'm surprised how many albums these guys have sold um it might not be surprising to other people because they were huge at the time but they they put out like three records in like four years or whatever which is crazy and they were all pretty big okay so i know multiple people who will say that limp Bizkit is their favorite band recently like within the past six months of people who i've been talking to a couple of them had said that and i was confused also jumbo said i picked this last uh, this week i did not the universe picked it i said that in the beginning of the episode <laughs> uh yeah faith sure, is an awesome sure. co- faith is an awesome cover i love the use of the turntables in it it's in so yeah okay it's aged well i agree it's better than the original one uh, both of them are like legendary status Um uh, And that's how a cover should be done. We've talked about boring ass covers. And so some of them, like uh, fucking Street Spirit, uh, half the world hates, half the world likes, maybe three quarters of the world hates, one quarter of the world likes, whatever. I think this one is probably universally liked by people. It's done well. uh, And like I said, I I think it's aged well. And uh, if they, but I, I think that if they put this like a hair earlier in the track list, it would have been beneficial to this album. Um, so I said, this is my favorite, but I will say that it doesn't really have those high skill banger songs that we get later on, uh, in, uh, Limp Bizkit's career. Uh, but it, I, I love the flow of this album. I love this, like the sound quality of the guitar isn't as good as it is later on, which obviously i don't think anybody would expect it to be um but i would have loved to play a show with these guys in this era i I think that this album is on point it's well thought out it flows the intro to this one is my favorite uh especially in comparison to some of the other ones uh they have this, this preacher talking and the music behind it i think is awesome it doesn't overstay its welcome it's like a minute long um and yeah i don't know i i had this back in the day as well i used to listen to it a lot And it doesn't give me like extreme nostalgia anymore, but like, it's nice to go back to it. again. I haven't thought about these guys forever. Jeff, what do you think of this record?
3: So to start off with the reason that the, universe put this out there because you heard it on the jukebox it's because you probably played the song on the jukebox <laughs>
2: yeah uh, no, I, didn't. I don't know who did but i didn't do that
3: secondly i cannot agree with jomo anymore when he says Fuck fred durst because that's the thing that killed me this week <laughs> oh. this fucking the lyrics mm. um i have no nostalgia for this i didn't grow up listening to it but um so to give it like a like a college try um, I hate skipping parts of songs when, when we're reviewing the albums, but multiple times on this record, I like got to a point where I was, because they're all five fucking minutes long, that I had to skip to the next song. Um, I think that the song Stuck has the worst lyrics. but um, However, the the song Nobody Loves Me has the perfect lyric by Fred Durst for Fred Durst to simply uh, encapsulate it where he just says, shut up. Shut up, Fred Durst. <laughs> um in the song in, in the george michael Cover faith uh i do love the turntables I, I wrote that that was the best part of the whole album um stink finger was a good song and then it, i thought that the, the song indigo flow was kind of a weird homie shout out for a first record like it's kind of strange that you're just starting out but you're shouting out all these people and then i wrote that the song everything is kind of an attempt to be incubus and that's all i got
2: so the song nobody loves me there's a part of that song that's a ripoff of maynard from anima and i don't think that i should like it but i kind of do even though it's just straight up ripped off so um i think this i think that song is good but the lyrics are kind of stupid so we've talked about the nursery rhyme thing used in music it might seem like a good idea uh in execution it's really not and it becomes like laughable nobody loves me nobody cares maybe i'll go eat worms i don't remember what this is it's like some thing that kids say Dumb as balls. It's it's shit. Uh, so one thing that Jeff had mentioned was the uh, the length of some of these songs. One of my biggest problems with Limp Bizkit this week is the bloat and just the sheer amount of minutes put into these uh, records. When tons of them, tons of the minutes don't need to be there. And it's kind of like a waste of time, in my opinion. There's going to be people, obviously, who fucking love it. There's people who love Chinese democracy, so there's people who can love anything. Uh, The song on here, Indigo Flow. So background guitar playing on that I think is awesome, and the rapping is great. I'm not sure who's rapping on that song, I, I don't think it's Fred Durst. Maybe it is. I looked up the uh, album and read about it. I didn't see anybody else's name on this. It could be him. It's just over two minutes, short and to the point, just the way I like it. And um, so you were saying that, uh, so these guys had been a band since like 94. Uh, and this album came out in 97. So there's three, four years of uh, playing with other people. So you're saying it's it's early to do like the shout out track. I, I
3: just, uh, it's, it's like their first records. So yeah, I'm right. It, it is. is yeah.
2: But they yeah, they definitely had been playing with a bunch of different bands at this point. Uh, Rob, what do you think of this album?
0: So let's see. So this is a band I have no nostalgia for. This is a band I wrote off. I th- I thought I thought this was going to be the band that I hate most in the entire world. Uh, it turns out I like them a bit more than that than that. I agree with Joe I like Link- Limp Limp Biscuit more than I like Lincoln Park more. I mm. like them more than I like uh, Breaking Benjamin and some other bands we listened to. But you know, I still don't like. Lo- I I I'm not going to listen to this band uh, again, uh, other than maybe one single that I'm going to talk about later. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, th- th- so this album is probably my second favorite of the four. It kind of reminds, so one criticism that I read on Wikipedia or whatever is like people think that this era is too much like other bands. Like it's like, it was too much like Corn, for example. They were on tour with Corn. Uh, funny story that I-, I saw on YouTube. So, um... Uh, Fred Durst lies to uh, Jonathan Davis he's like yo I'm a really Good really experienced tattoo artist Can I tattoo you <laughs> and da- Jonathan Davis is like sure And so like uh, fucking so oh, That was a lie he'd only been tattooing for like A month so he scars the shit out of Jonathan Davis's <laughs> arm or whatever And he's like oh by the way I'm in a band Here's my demo and somehow <laughs> that Fucking works and he gets to go On tour with them and uh, like That's part of how they, they blow up but, you know, like this was like a, the beginning of a long friendship. Right. Because, uh, you know, so they go on tour with Korn and then like uh, Jonathan Davis is on their next record and all this shit. So it's like. Uh, so, yeah, he is the salesman of this band. And to me, he's like fucking toxic masculinity and fucking whatever. <laughs> so I, I have a I have an issue with him. Uh but uh, but also you know watching him in videos, it's like he he's it's he's like a guy who fucks around with his friends and um, I don't know maybe I think he's a creep but uh, you know he he did have friends that stood up for him and whatever. But yeah, this, this era of the band kind of remind, you know, I get a little bit of like early Deftones vibes and I yeah. get, and they mentioned Deftones and I get, you know, uh, I, I feel like some Rage Against the Machine in there somewhere. Like it reminds me of other bands that I kind of like. So like, I like this era of the band, you know, there's more screaming, which, uh, you know, take it or leave it. Um, I don't know. This is my second favorite of the four. That's it for now. What happened? Did I disconnect? Oh, you're here it would have
2: been me my microphone goes okay. in and out can you guys hear me okay
0: yeah yeah I can now.
2: now all right uh one of the things that jomo brought up was the bass in this band and the bass is awesome and uh, a lot of it is pretty loud and very clear there's a song in here called stuck bass fucking rips in it mm. so if anyone claims to hate everything about limp biscuit okay you have to admit that the bass is great and it's cranked up well, like I still want it a bit louder, but like it's it's cranked up well. There's a song on here called Pollution, which I'm surprised wasn't a single. And at the end, Rob and I were talking about this. Uh Fred continues yelling and everyone's telling him to shut the fuck up. And uh it's obviously staged, but it's funny. And there's because there's some things that this band does that I think they think is funny, but it really isn't. And I hate to say it, but it's almost like boomer humor. It's like it's really not funny. Anyway, but the, the yelling in that is funny and it's done well. Uh, a couple other songs I want to talk about. Uh, oh, the last song that uh, uh, Jeff brought up, Everything. Uh, I love that song. It works. Too. It's fantastic. It's 16 minutes long. Also, at some on some releases of this, it's called Part One. Uh, anyway, it's over 16 minutes long. It vibes so well. And um, if, if there's any Limp Bizkit song that people are going to take seriously music-wise, it, it might be that one. The drums are great. It ends the record on a high note. And it just like... I don't know. I was vibing to that quite a bit. There's really not any lyrics. So, if like Fred Durst pisses you off, you don't have to deal with him too much. He does a couple things here and there, but it's not like he's not the main character in that. A song before that is called Leech. That song is fucking brutal. It's just over two minutes. It's one of my favorite songs on the album. And uh, last one I would talk about is Stalemate. Uh, That's one that I want to see live. I feel like most people are sleeping on that song because I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people don't even know that the song exists. Uh, Let's read a couple YouTube comments. Uh, first one, Masterpiece Too bad they decided to go less harsh and less raw on subsequent albums This one is so creative hmm. Next person says, one of the best albums of the 90s, hands down uh, Next person, I love Significant Other a lot But this is definitely my favorite Limp album Next person says, one of the best, tightest, most creative bands of the 90s And lastly, basis on this album is awesome This is Limp Bizkit's best record I agree Is there anything else that anyone wants to say about $3 bill, y'all, before we move on?
3: Imagine wearing pants as baggy as the dude on the cover, bruh. The Janko you know those- jeans. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> you know those uh, like toys that you would put like a quarter in the machine, and they were called Homies.
1: Wait, what? Wait, what the fuck? No. Uh, ho-
2: ho- okay. Well, my buddy Tom used to like always put them in stupid areas. Anyway, I'm pretty. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Homies were based off that design. They look just like that. Brilliant. Okay. What's up? Let me drop this.
1: Yeah, dr- drop your mom's tits in my mouth. Mm. Bro, don't, right. be rude. <laughs> don't be rude. You're, you're, you're being an asshole, Joe. You're being a fucking piece of shit.
2: All right, Significant Other is a 15-track record released in 1999, coming in just under 70 minutes long. It's the band's second studio album, reaching number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 charts and contains the singles Nookie, Rearranged, and Together Now, and Break Stuff. Following the radio success of the band's cover of Faith, Limp Bizkit was determined to record the follow-up to $3 Bill in order to show that they weren't a corn ripoff or a cover band. They began writing an album which dealt with issues deriving from their newfound fame and immediately began recording after the conclusion of the Family Values tour despite the insistence of Interscope Records uh, that the band take a break after it. In response to claims that the lyrics of $3 Bill Y'all were misogynistic, Fred Durst turned down his lyrical content on Significant Other, Uh, which he described as being uh, more lyrically mature. And Together Now, originally titled Shut the Fuck Up, was retitled for marketing purposes. A song recorded with Eminem named Turn Me Loose was left off the album, and a demo with System of a Down's vocalist Serge Tankian, named Don't Go Off Wandering, had his vocals removed on the album version of the song. Guest appearances include Korn's Jonathan Davis, Stone Temple Pilots' Scott Weiland, Stain's Aaron Lewis, Primus' Les Claypool and Method Man at 1999's 42nd Annual Grammy Awards. Nookie was nominated for Best Hard Rock Performance, but lost to whom? Jomo.
1: You said what? 99. Yeah, you got this, bro. I'm gonna say Britney Spears.
2: Fuck you. They lost to Metallica with "Whiskey in the Jar" and "Significant Other." Oh, because I don't, I don't,
1: I don't recognize Metallica as a band because they have a shitty drummer.
2: (laughs) And Significant Other was nominated for Best Hard Rock Album, but lost to whom
1: Jomo? God damn. I'm gonna say the who. I'm gonna say the who. Are we
2: are we ready for the moment that the Grammy Awards went full retard?
1: Am I have yes. to insert Allah Akbar uh voice clip now?
2: Significant Other was nominated for Best Rock Album, but lost to Santana with supernatural. Fucking imagine that. <laughs>
1: Well, wow. well, I'm um, uh, fuck me. I don't be, boys. I, wrap I don't, it up, boys. I don't want to live on was, this planet anymore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty smooth, so he just
2: Yo, that's, <laughs> like, yeah,' that's a, that's a banging record. But the fact that these two people <sighs> were in the, were in the yeah, two bands awful. were in the same category, uh, "significant other" has been certified seven times platinum. Uh, Jeff, what do you think of this record? All
3: right, so I got a lot. So uh, strap in. Um, do you know why this album is titled "significant other"? Why? because it is the soundtrack to every fucking white dude while they're beating their <laughs> significant other. Bro! Wow. Jesus Christ! No, um, uh, Wes, the guitar player, is the smartest dude in this band. Why? Oh, because he always painted his face whenever they were together. So he, could, he, he could live <laughs> his whole entire life without having to be associated with the embarrassment of being in this band. Mm. All right. Bruh, it. Here we go. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, right. That
2: sounds like a stand-up, uh, stand-up <laughs> comedian, because you can hear the paper like, okay, I'm the next. <laughs> <laughs>
3: awesome. so the recording quality on this is more clear obviously the drums are more crisp um, a few people I know actually really like this record and they said that they're actually a talented which I can agree with except for Fred Durst uh, the song Just Like This I Can Agree is a good song um, if I wrote the bass part and the music for a song and I brought it to practice and the singer started singing over about a nookie and, chump, and, and a chump and cookies I'd be so fucking pissed again
2: it's the biggest <laughs>
0: song in the world so I, I can give him that <laughs> um
2: is it the most popular song
0: probably off no. um, no. uh, three maybe but not oh all right if,
3: uh, there, uh obviously there's a line in uh breaks up where it says if you're stuck up then you then you just lucked up your next line to get fucked up i wrote shut the fuck up fred durst um completely forgot about i heard the song rearranged before that's a good song it's a good change of pace broke has some of the stupidest lyrics but the line as soon as i get paid they come out the woodwork Take your ass and get a job like you should, jerk. Actually, made me laugh out loud in my car. That's a good line. Jonathan Davis is obviously great on this. Um, that the, the song that Jonathan Davis is on, though, he, it has the most unnecessary drum fill. Literally, just sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, where am I? The song, the song "Don't Go Off Wandering" is named that because they're afraid of their fans go off wandering. they might actually find good music bro and uh how can the how can how in the hell can the promote can the promoters of woodstock hear a song like 1999 and still think that limp biscuit wouldn't be a problem to play their festival (laughs) used to really like the song end together now but it doesn't hold up and then i truly hope the dirty sex that fred talks about in uh whatever the song is what it's about oh in the song like no sex he sings about like the dirty sex and the Especially should sure now. I wish that I, I. really hope that it gives him STDs that last forever. And then, uh, uh. um, I, wrote the, I, I, I like the lyrics to the song "Show Me What You Got," and then obviously the, like the last song. Uh, I wonder if Matt Pinfield still feels the exact same way as he as he did at the time. That's all I got. Thank you for your ear. I'll be here all night. Yeah. So
2: this this is probably the classic style of Limp Bizkit that they will forever be known for. Uh, some of their biggest hits are on this album. Uh, So they do a good job here of not flying off the handle. The next album, in a lot of ways, is they they go off into the stratosphere. Uh, Bass, drums, turntables, on point as always. Uh, I still think that this album is too long, minute-wise and track-wise. There are four singles here, but there's a lot of potential left. I think that some of their albums, like even the last one that people are probably going to all shit on, they they really could have milked the hell out of that one. They, they There's a lot of money left on the table here. A lot of potential. So Nookie, Break Stuff, and Rearranged are all back to back on this album. They probably could have spaced them out a bit because you have like three bangers in a row. Uh, so this album has an intro, which I don't hate it, actually. And uh, especially, I think I don't hate it because I hate one way more, uh, but it's, the thing of it is, is it's not necessary. So the other intro, maybe that one wasn't necessary, but the way Just Like This starts with the drums, they could have just started the album with that. You don't even need the stupid-ass intro. They could have just started with Just Like This. And uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel like that could have been a single as well. It's not on the level of like break stuff or rearrange, but it's a good song. All right, a couple things that uh, I want to talk about that, that Jeff brought up and together now you're saying doesn't hold up i disagree i love that song i think it does hold up uh i love method man's voice i think his flow is on point as always uh no brainer single uh and then okay so i'm broke it's definitely a better fit on this album than it would have been on the previous one the chorus of the song is awesome it was stuck in my head for a while um, and so one of the comments on that, so sometimes when I'm reading limp biscuit comments, I have to like wonder if these people are trolling. This one says this entire album just fucking kicks. I've lived half my life listening to it. I am limping with the biscuit forever. Mm. So <laughs> this dude, yeah, he's, he's probably serious, but he sounds like he's clowning. Another song that, uh, was a single. And I think, uh, Jeff touched on rearranged in my opinion, that song is God tier writing. That could be the pinnacle of this band. Uh, If anyone uh, exclusively hates and Biscuit, I'm pointing them to this song. Bass and drums are incredible, and like it's it's probably my personal favorite song on this album, and the ending is fucking unreal to me at points. It's awesome. However, as soon as the song ends, there's an extra minute of the track, uh, and it's just extra bloat that I was talking about. It's like shit nobody cares about, the song is over. If you have to have these transition things, just make another track. at least this one comes at the end instead of some that come in the beginning of them, but just fucking make it another track. The song is over at that point. Rob, what do you think
0: of this album? so this is my favorite of the four um okay so it's funny that uh fred durst said that he was trying to turn down the misogyny for this album because like my introduction to this band and i think like my friends are telling me Olympus gets terrible don't fucking listen to them like you know uh fred durst is an asshole like that's that's everything that i heard in high school or middle school or wh- whenever this came out um but yeah, like Nookie was on TRL and basically it was like they'd play four seconds of the song and then it'd be like Christina Aguilera, whoever it was saying like, oh, like he wishes he got some Nookie out of this. So it was basically like uh, four seconds of the song and then everyone calling Fred Durst a creep. And so to me, like it's it's funny that this is his attempt to turn down the misogyny is fucking like the biggest hit on the album is fucking um, I would never be caught dead with a woman unless I was fired. It's like, okay. Yeah. Good, good job turning down the misogyny. Uh, but anyways, yeah, like, uh, I, I, this, this to me, like, uh, I, I break stuff. Like this is a song people have told me to listen to before, and I didn't know if they were fucking with me or not. Uh, uh, but, but like, I actually love that song to me. Like the the, the guitar and like the, 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 the rhythm section is, It's like two hundred IQ because it's so fucking simple, and yet it it grooves so fucking hard, and it hits everything that I need. Uh, So if you can do those two things at the same time, uh, that's a fucking magic formula. So uh, we're talking about how sometimes this band does stuff, and like maybe they think it's funny, and um, uh, it's the jury is out whether it's actually funny or not. Yeah. The fucking yeah. the mentions of the, the, the mentions of the chainsaw. I, I I've been laughing all <laughs> fucking week and week about the chainsaw and I'm, I, I don't know if I'm laughing at them or with them. I think it's both. I think, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's like, uh, well, one of it is, uh, uh, comedian John Lejoie who was in, uh, fucking, uh, the league, the league. He was taco. Yeah, he he has a song that involves a chainsaw that it's the fucking funniest shit in the world. So I th- I don't know if he was making fun of break stuff or what, but like to me that song is hilarious and awesome. And uh, I don't fucking know. That is the one song that I will probably go. I'm probably gonna listen to beyond this week. Uh, what else? Yeah, nobody like you. I really liked. I um, we're gonna have to do corn uh, someday. Oh yeah. Yeah, in, to- in together hey, now. I agree. in in together now like i i uh i was happy because i i was like is that method man it fucking is i i'm fucking i love that they get their friends on this like uh fucking Les claypools on this and uh fucking yeah i i like i like this album uh way more than i thought i was going to and uh that's it for now
2: so okay, break stuff is a legendary song, and when that, when like what you were saying, when people tell you this or or you tell this stuff, no one knows who's trolling who. Like, are are you joking or whatever? Because I remember break stuff. Everyone used to clown on that song because of how easy the verse is to play on guitar. But I'm telling you, that song hits just as hard as it always has. One of the best songs by the band, uh, and you know that song makes people go crazy at shows. When 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 the band that I was playing with uh, who played after us close with that you have this okay first of all it's an awesome song i don't give a shit what anyone says i'll die on that hill second of all you have the nostalgia of this the people who are there are of the age where they would have been listening to this in 2000 or whatever and it's it just hits so fucking hard it's great i love it so nookie is definitely certified banger classic like late 90s song oh i like how fred durst does his like own call and response he does it in multiple (laughs) songs and uh i think it's hilarious uh it's, it's not like it's not the best song on the album, but uh, the end of it is one of my favorite parts on the record. So then when I read some more uh, comments, this is what someone says. It says, I'm, it's it's so strange how I totally didn't appreciate this band when they came out. Now I can see, uh, but now I can see that they're actually really good. And then someone responded to that and said, I'm in the same boat, uh, Limp Bizkit uh, managed to to write both catchy and kick-ass songs. It took me 20 years to realize that. I'm telling you, dude, this is like a renaissance for Limp Bizkit. People are coming around, they're playing again, they're touring, my buddy saw them recently, he said they've fucking kicked ass. There's tons of comments on videos and, and songs of people saying that when they whenever they saw them in the 2000s, they were awesome uh yeah i don't know it, one one of the reasons i think that these guys got so hated is because fred durst would always run his mouth and like he was probably talking shit and everything and like uh rob was saying he has like these misogynistic lyrics so even if he's like oh i'm toning them down that song is just like i did so nookie i i, I hate that fucking word so he's pretty much saying like i did it to get laid right mm. um but i yeah, I'm I'm surprised, and I I'm happy that I I really think Limp Bizkit has aged well. So the song "Nobody Like You" that has two guest stars on it, it has Jonathan Davis, uh, and and he pops immediately. So I've talked about before how I love going in blind on albums and just hearing the guest stars. And it's like, oh, like you were saying, oh, hey, that is that Method Man? That is Method Man. Uh, Jonathan Davis, there's no mistaking his voice, it pops, you notice know, the second, I haven't even listened, that's another band I haven't listened to in forever, was Korn. And the second I heard his voice, it's like, yep, that's who he was. He has a very unique voice. However, Scott Weiland is also on that, so, on that song. And I didn't even realize it was him until I was reading the Wikipedia page on it. And that's not like a dishonest stuff. His voice is great. It's just, I, I wasn't expecting him to be on there. And not only that, I wasn't expecting there to be two guest stars on one song. So I didn't know who the hell it was, but it works well. I think that song is awesome. And the drums kick ass in it. Uh, Joma, what do you think of this record?
1: Oh, um, I'm going to tell you this. Um, it's not as that great of an album, but it has a lot of hits on it. Okay. So the lyrics, uh, the lyrics are, are more watered down. Um, I prefer... Saying whatever you want, being a piece of shit, and, <laughs> and look at—you could end up like George Bush. You know, everyone fucking hates him, but he's a fucking millionaire. You know, um, or you could be like fucking Donald Trump and be the biggest douchebag in the world, and somehow you're still valued of close to seven billion fucking dollars. Okay, so oh. songs like "Break Stuff." I mean, this is where we bridge the gap between. The left and the right with politics. Because we all want to break stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think that if we just break everything, then we can start back at zero and society would be fucking amazing again. Because then we could get our shit together. Um, Fred Durst, it, it, it just... Like, you given giving in. It, it, if he would have kept the edge up and still been an asshole and like still had the same hits that are you know that are on significant other i think nothing would have been would have changed he probably would have sold even more records because who really gives a fuck man the songs are catchy on this album there's a lot of great hits um you look at uh break stuff you look at um uh what is rearranged uh, re- yeah, re- oh my god like th- this is all great there's great fucking songs on this fucking album man However, when you water shit down and you get away from your creativity as a as a lyricist, as a songwriter and being the lead singer, you're not liked anymore. You're just, "Oh, okay, cool. You're just fucking Fred Durst and you're just doing whatever, you know, the the record company's telling you to do." So fuck you, Fred Durst for watering this down. That's all I got to say. <laughs>
2: so first i don't i don't think this band would have had a clean like 20-year career ever i feel like this is always going to be like you trying to outrun a wave and at some point it's going to crash down and fucking kill you but if you're talking about the difference between the next album and the one after that i really think the catalyst of that is that west borland left the band. um which we will get to later on. But yeah, this whole style, I don't think was going to last 20 years. Uh, They, they pretty much put out three back-to-back albums of this, of the, the style of Limp Bizkit that everybody knows. And I don't know how much longer it would have lasted before everything blew out. So uh, yeah, they, they did good, but there's a couple things in place that made this band go, you know, fucking fall off the earth. And I think it was inevitable anyway. So it's just like outrun it as long as you can and just keep making money as long as possible. Uh, so the outro of this, I, I hate that it even exists. It's a waste of time. And it's one of those things I was saying It's not funny. Now, here's the thing. Jesus. The last time I listened to it, I was like, wait a minute. Is that Les Claypool? And it is. And it makes me hate it less but i still fucking hate it i don't know it's like it's not funny and it's like boomer humor and i don't know so another song on here is called no sex that has aaron lewis so the original stained album is not bad aaron lewis was ruined to me to me when he wrote the absolute war co- crime travesty song about lane staley that is fucking atrocious wait. Uh, wait, wait. Although,
1: what is the song called i'm sorry
2: lane lane oh uh, the song with uh, on here no sex
1: no, 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 no. Like the song that fucking Aaron Lewis was shit. First off, um, I have a yeah. lot of things to say about stain, but we're going to do that in a <laughs> stained episode.
2: Yeah, so he he wrote like this is like an acoustic song he wrote called "Lane" about Lane Staley, the singer of Allison chains
1: ugh, ugh, and it's
2: fucking it's a, like a war crime travesty. It's horrible. It's garbage. It's absolute shit here. And ever since I ever heard that song, uh, Aaron Lewis has been dead to me. So hmm. yeah, this is obviously before that. However, my memory is before this, so uh, that wins out. Anyway, the song is good. The, the, it's catchy or whatever. I'm just saying Aaron Lewis is dead to me. As uh, the song "Don't Go Off Wandering." <laughs> uh jeff had mentioned it the singing on that song is good i had to check if it was a guest vocalist i was like that's not fred durst uh but i think it is fred durst and i think he just kind of is becoming a better singer uh and then one more song i want to talk about show me what you got some people seem to love that song uh it feels like a fever dream to me uh it also sounds like it was recorded live i don't know if it was or they were just trying to make it seem like that there are some times like guns and roses did it where they'll record something in the studio and they will play. Uh, like fans clapping or whatever to make it seem like it was live this is like the opposite but like so that's like it sounds better than it would live this sounds like it is live so i don't know if they recorded make sound like shit. i don't know uh but some people seem to love it oh about the outro there are two um comments on here i want to read the first one says low-key best track i needed this and then someone else said there used to be an instrumental version of this uh i wish it was still there so Bruh. i don't know the intro and outro on this album can both be cut off there's a couple things that can go uh it's it's too bloated i don't want to sit here and listen to a 70 minute album now another thing that we talked about with rob is this is a product of the time not necessarily the music but the length of it and how much stuff is there the outro he's saying oh you know you paid 15 dollars for the cd we got your money whatever they're trying to pack like every minute possible into this uh the like quantity is never going to be uh, worth more than the like quality. Uh, so there's anyway there's a there's random shit that can be cut out of this uh, to make it to where it doesn't piss me off. But it, it is a fucking great album and good for them. Uh, let's read a couple YouTube comments first. This was amazing back in the day and still is to this day. Next person says the real underground style. Next person, 20 plus years later, it still sounds good. Max volume while you're while you're on the road. Uh, next person just watched Woodstock '99 and remembered how much I loved Limp Bizkit in this era. And lastly, whether you love or hate Limp Bizkit is irrelevant. Break stuff is legendary. I agree. Break stuff fucking transcends time. Uh, is there anything else that anyone wants to say about Significant Other before we move on?
3: Oh, uh, just two things that I, in general, um, I, I have a buddy, my tattoo artist, that's a little bit older than we are, that went to Woodstock '99. Um, cause he went to like, I don't even know, to see, uh, Whatever. It doesn't matter. Not Alanis
1: Morissette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah
3: most, most likely. Yeah. Um, and, and and he told me that like, like he watched the Limp Biscuit and like all that shit and said, it was like awe inspiring. Cause it was just so wild. And like, yeah. Um, and yeah people secondly,
2: were like destroying shit. Yeah.
3: yeah mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember who, who who went to see, but, um, who do you think is the is the richest person in this band still? Do you think that do you think that Fred Durst for being the jabroni he was is still the <laughs> richest person? Or do you think that like DJ Lethal who was also like in uh, House of Pain and all that shit has more money than him? I'm gonna wow. Fred, what is What, what is House Durst. of Pain? House of Pain is like that jump around rap song that, that everybody fucking knows. He was the DJ in that band.
2: Oh okay, I have no idea.
3: This one I was thinking about that. I'm like I'm like. Do you think that that that, that
2: Oh, I thought you were gonna some. hit us with some financials. I,
1: I don't know.
3: I'm, I'm asking. I don't
1: fucking. Oh know. yeah, I'm, I'm gonna it guess up. it's I'm Fred Durst. Looking it up. Yeah. I'm looking it up. Okay. So Fred Fred Durst net worth. Okay. All right. Let's see what fucking uh the, the biscuit twenty mil. All right. Yeah, he's worth twenty mil.
3: Mm-hmm. That's that it, dude fucking it. locked into that money because.
1: Yeah. Look look
2: up what DJ Lethal's worth.
1: Okay, hold on. Uh, regale me with the story about Ram Ranch. I, I've well, never there, been. There the was, problem, was the problem is, I've
2: never been. <laughs> I've never been.
1: Uh, they say about uh, three million dollars. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's Fred Durst. Yeah. Yeah. Fred Durst. Um, he's swimming in the money and HIV. He
2: look. He looks He looks old as hell now.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's because like hit, when, hit when with you the see picture. when
2: a picture. Oh, okay. Hang on a second. Let me pull it up.
1: Yo. Can we take a pee pee? He has like gray hair
2: and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pull this picture up and then we'll take a bathroom break. Oh yeah. Yeah, he has, like, gray hair now. So if you look up, like, Kerry King, he obviously dyes his hair and stuff. Fred Durst, I guess, is just going old man with it. Yeah, um, yeah here he is right here.
1: Yeah, what I like about the significant other fucking, the the uh, the album artwork is the shell top Adidas. Look at the detail on this. Oh, ones. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Dude, if you ran into this guy, you would never know that's Fred Durst on the street.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that he's wearing it's a Yankees hat. Yeah. He's also hiding from his past. Yo, he he
2: he rocked that. He made that really famous. I'm gonna go as Fred Durst for Halloween next year, and I'm just gonna buy the hat. And everyone's mm. automatically gonna know who I am.
3: Mm. You're gonna grow the fucking stupid ass soul patch, dude. Like
2: <laughs> uh actually, well he's got a handlebar later on. I'm I am i gonna try for that. Well, no, fuck it. I'll I'll go soul patch. I'll go I'll go all out. Like, look at this one. That's that's like old man Fred Durst right
3: there. I feel like he like dies that shit. Like that, that almost looks no- like Huh. I don't that. know.
2: Like, I I was really surprised that he looks this old. Like, sure, I, I don't know how old he is. Let's look him up real quick because now I need to. Know. Jumbo, just just put a close pin on it. We'll go pee in one minute. Uh, how old is he? He is he's fifty two. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe he does. I don't know. I don't know why you would, but uh, or he just fucking has gray hair or whatever the hell color that is. I don't know. He looks old.
0: Would you rather have gray hair or be bald?
2: Uh, bald as in like the horseshoe or like shave my head bald?
0: Uh, would you rather have a horseshoe or gray hair like that guy?
2: Oh, gray hair, yeah. The horseshoe is like legit embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I was trying to blame my mom for it the other day. I was like, you see, this, this is you. And she's like, no, it's not. That's the other side of the family. So uh, I have someone to blame. I would I don't rather know be
3: fucking any, any color hair, gray, fucking yeah, cares than, than the then the that I got. Here, so.
2: here, here's the thing. Here's the th- can I can I pitch this? Yeah, women their whole lives they already have to deal with periods. They have to deal with pregnancy and birthing. Just give them male pattern bald. Just give it all. Just <laughs> all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Just give it to them, and then we don't have to deal with it anymore. Like male pattern baldness is like legitimately embarrassing. I don't take my hat off ever. Like, if hey, I, any, any show I play, anywhere I go, I don't even, like, put my camera on for work because I don't want to be, I don't want to not have my head on. I, yeah. I'm telling you, it's, like, legitimately embarrassing. I'm just going to have to shave my head. The problem is, is that Becca's brother has a shaved head and a red beard. And I have a mm. red beard and, like, well, it, at some point, a shaved head. So Becca's like, yo, it's, it's weird. So I, I see where she's coming from.
3: Oh. What's up? First off, dye your beard. And second off, do you fucking George Costanza when you're banging her, or do you put a hat on?
0: What is the I, George
2: Costanza thing?
0: Just bald. So you, he oh. puts a hat on.
2: <laughs> no, no, I just <laughs> I, 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 just kind of do a
1: comb over. You know? Jesus fucking Christ, Jack Falcon. <laughs> I mean, the, the, here's the Bro, thing. I'm to a rock in a hard place. What the fuck am I supposed Why to do? Why don't you be a man and just shave your fucking head?
2: Yeah, it's what I need to do. I just got, need to shave
1: my head, man. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ! All right, pee break. Let's go. Bye. All right. Yo, was someone clapping cheeks back there? I was
3: drumming. Sorry.
1: Yeah, uh, I thought cheeks. <laughs> I thought cheeks were getting clapped. I was like, "Yo, my man, mute your mic." <laughs> and I could, and I, I wasn't looking at the screen. I was looking at something on my phone, so I didn't know who it was coming from. I was like, "Yo, yo who's clapping cheeks, bro?" <laughs> Oh man! Uh, after this, I got to go shopping with the wife.
2: Shopping for what?
1: Mm, food shit. Food shopping. Oh
2: yeah, grocery shopping. Got
1: to go to okay. Trader Joe's and shit like that.
3: Yeah,
2: that's cool.
1: Yeah. I might play some CFDs later. Maybe some Hell Let Loose. Then oh, it... dude,
2: let's rip some. Let's rip some fucking. No, let's rip some Dark Souls later. What time? Whatever. All I don't right. get shit
1: going today. Um. Let me. I. Let me see what time. It's probably gonna have to be like late afternoon, or right after dinner, like around like five thirty. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, then I gotta go to your mom's house uh, at (laughs) seven.
2: I I figure we're not gonna be playing for too long.
1: No. Um, No, you know I'm gonna spaz out. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 Hall Mm -hmm. of Teeth playing that hard set yesterday, huh? bro uh th-
2: what our newest so we we wrote this like really uh it's almost like thrash metal but it's like thrash metal mixed with like hardcore uh jeff would have heard it uh when we were like warming up i don't remember when uh, you had showed up if we played it before or afterwards
3: i think but, that you should incorporate that into your music for sure
2: dude oh like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I got a a bunch of stuff written that we're going to... So a lot of times, like, someone will just pull out one riff randomly and we'll just kind of riff around it and come up with a song. But I do have some stuff written down, like, in our Discord over there that I was like, I want to work on some of this stuff but so this song is like thrashy and it's like really really good i love it and it's it's simple it's like based around one riff but it kind of bridges out and does different things with the riff but then it, it ends with like this punk line right and then we took the chord progression of that punk line that ends the song and we made it the beginning uh line for this a, a song that we played directly afterwards but that is like a pop punk song so like picture okay we come out to like big dick energy you guys know that song um, we bro. come out to Big Dick Energy. We rip like this thrash metal hardcore song, go right into this pop punk song, and then we rip the regular set from there. Dude, that pop punk song last night fucking hit the hardest. I, it's not even that heavy. Like, we have way heavier shit than that. But that song last night was like the shit. That was the song last night. It was fucking great. Uh, um, so yeah, last night's show was awesome. It was really good. Uh, we played second. The last band wrapped up at like 12.45. I try to stay to the end if I can. So I didn't get home until like one thirty last night uh, or this morning. Uh, but the last the last band was a, like a uh, 80s, like uh, I don't want to call them hair metal, but they're like kind of like Judas Priest. I don't know what you would call that. Uh, what was the show? It was in uh, Worcester. <clears throat> it was in
3: Worcester so, last
2: night too. I went to a show at the Palladium. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were at... Yeah, and the, ba- the the band was like they were really good. There wasn't many people <clears> left. My problem with the ba- like the riffing and everything was fucking great. My problem is is that the guitar solos are like really technical but they were like boring. And uh a guitar solo like Tornado Souls now we all know that that is like a god tier guitar solo, but I'm saying that guitar solo just pick one guitar solo that you love, Estranged, strange uh. whatever. Uh, tornado souls is worth more than every shitty boring uninspired guitar solo ever in the history of fucking time combined
1: That's so when so i hear the raven thank you
2: When so when i hear a guitar solo like this it's like yeah i get you have the speed and everything but if it's boring it's boring and it doesn't add anything to the song you guys know what happened to fucking rain and blood it fucking took away from the album
1: mm. yeah anyway first of all you so, shut the fuck up with that horse shit
2: Bro, get the fuck out of here like it didn't.
1: Yo, bro, Raining Blood What's just up? added to that album and made it a fucking banger.
2: Yeah, no, I'm talking about his guitar solos, bro. All
1: right, yeah, okay. Chocolate, sta- chocolate Starfish? <laughs> Were you ready? Ready. <Yeah. clears throat>
2: Chocolate Starfish in the Hot Dog Flavored Water is a 15 track record released in 2000 coming in just over 75 minutes long. It's the band's third studio album reaching number one on the US Billboard 200 charts and contains the singles Take a Look Around, My Generation, Rollin', My Way and Boiler. The working title for the album was "Limp Dependence Day," but was abandoned after the band <laughs> failed to meet their deadline for the original <laughs> intended release date of July Fourth.
1: I did not know that.
2: The first part of the excuse me, the first part of the final title, "Chocolate Starfish," is a slang term for the human anus. Did you know this, Jomo? I
1: I, yes. I I gave him that inspiration. Yeah, I was going to
2: say, I think Jomo. Yeah, Jim was in charge of that. And the hot dog flavored water was a joke started by Wes Borland at a truck stop while on tour Borland saw bottles of water and made a joke about having meat or hot dog flavors mm-hmm. uh the song hot the song hot dog features the word fuck 46 times durst points it out in the lyrics if i say fuck two more times that's 46 fucks in this fucked up rhyme it also features multiple uh excuse me it also features references to multiple nine inch nail songs closer the perfect drug and burn which led to trent reznor receiving a co-writer credit The track Get Your Groove On used an uncredited sample of music, which Borland discussed in the 2008 uh, issue of Kerrang!, we actually got sued over this piece of shit. There was some (laughs) sort of sample used that someone didn't get full clearance for, so we ended up getting into some serious trouble for a little while. When the album was later released onto streaming services, the track Get Your Groove On... Dirt Road Mix from their remix album, New Old Songs, replaced the original version. Guest appearances include Stone Temple Pilots Scott Weiland, Exhibit, DMX, Method Man, Redman, and Redman. At 2000's 43rd Annual Grammy Awards, Take a Look Around was nominated for Best Hard Rock Performance, but lost to whom, Jomo?
1: I'm gonna say Motorhead.
2: Rage Against the Machine with Gorilla Radio. Uh, uh, Chocolate Starfish in <laughs> the Hot Dog Flavored Water has been certified six times platinum. Rob, what do you think of this album?
0: Well, shit. Uh, so I don't like this album at all. Uh, so his voice squeaking uh, uh, is such a fucking minus to me. Like I, uh, I, I was generally not able to listen to this album much because I fucking hate uh, Fred Durst's voice on this album. Um, so yeah, Hot Dog is like I, yeah, I. I <laughs> I don't know if I posted this in chat, but yeah. The, okay, so f- first of all, the whole "fuck" section, I was just like, "Is I facepalmed so hard?" Uh, I'm glad I was able to still go to school, you know, uh, you know, with my face still intact. I don't fucking know. F- fuck that song. It's I, I fucking I'm laughing at them 100%. Uh, uh, what else? Yeah, I, I recognize the nine-inch nails reference. I didn't know. I didn't know what. To, yeah. So the like one line he changed. Uh, from closer to God to closer to me. So uh, I would say that uh, Fred Durst's attitude is getting worse, and he's becoming more of a person I don't like. Uh, my generation, I don't know. <laughs> so, like, my issue with Fred Durst, uh, especially on this album, okay, okay. So I think he's like trying to be like a tough guy, like looking for a fight. And to me, this is just like a. Um, Uh, like a super insecure guy who's hiding who's using like uh, violence or threats of violence to to protect himself and uh, so like a song like My Generation I think he's I don't know to me he's clinging on to fucking anything to protect him I don't fucking like him and I don't like (laughs) Jesus Jesus um yeah, I don't I don't have I don't like any of the songs on this album. Uh I don't like Roland is their biggest song, uh 358 million plays. Uh uh Break Stuff has 354 million and then um the the other song we were talking about, uh Nookie has 110 million or something like that. I, I you know, um yeah, so this this is their biggest album, but fuck this album. There's nothing I like about it. That's it. God man.
2: So yeah, ego definitely has to be at an all time high right now. But I still I think it's an act. I really do. I think he's like leaning into it because some of the stuff I don't think you could actually write. So at points, this record is the full retard moment of this band. <laughs> uh, the name Never go full is the name is stupid as fuck. But the thing of it is, is I I wouldn't be surprised if everybody remembers the name of this album. It's so dumb that I think it like it's it sticks out to people. Um, I'm I'm actually impressed that this was released a bit over a year after Significant Other. These guys were constantly touring, and then I, just over a year later, well, less than that because it took time to mix or whatever. At some point, uh, within a year, they laid down however 15 more fucking tracks of this. Uh, well, there's intros and outros and a bunch of bullshit. They, whatever. They've laid down 13, 12 tracks or whatever within a year. And it sold six million copies. Good for them. Uh, okay. There are bangers on this album. So, a couple things I want to talk about. The intro here, this is the worst intro on any of their records. <laughs> if you have to have an intro, take the first 20 seconds of of what you have here and end it right there. That's it. Uh, and then go right in the hot dog. Um, the rest of the intro, that's the thing that sounds like some boomer wrote it. Who's in the house? Limp biscuits in the house. Like you don't have to answer. Like if you roll into, if you roll into party and like who's in the house, you don't go like I am in the house. Like yeah, people get that. You're the one who walked into the fucking house. We know that. It just whenever I hear it, it's like I'm like why? Why would you respond? I don't know it's lame as hell that's all i want to say but the dumber thing about it is the song hot dog has its own intro that you could have just used on the album so there's literally zero point of the intro even existing (laughs) and the intro isn't even good Mm. throw it out Mm -hmm. get rid of it my generation i love that song i think it's awesome no-brainer single uh the song still slays and dj lethal at the end is awesome song after that full nelson okay there's parts of that song i'm all in And then he says shit like your mouse writing checks that your ass can't cash. And my eyeballs roll so far (laughs) roll so hard that they fall out of my, my skull. But overall, I'm actually, I'm going to give that song. I'm going to award it banger status. I, I love that song. Mm. I think it's awesome. Okay, so My Way is this classic Limp Biscuit thing that everybody knows. It, gets, it probably gets memed on the internet all the time. We've been posting the gif in the chat like all week. Uh, but it's a song I've never forgot about. And the bass is awesome in that song. And the last one I want to talk about before we talk to, to Jomo is a song Take a Look Around. In my opinion, that is eternal banger status. The song is awesome. It uses the Mission Impossible theme because it was in the movie and it was on the soundtrack. It uses it well. It's one of my all-time favorite Limp Bizkit songs, and I would love to see that song live. I think that song fucking rules. Jomo, what do you think of this album?
1: Well, you know, when you talked about the intro, I was like, oh yeah, they're clearly on drugs when they made this fucking album, because who the fuck puts that shitty-ass intro in the front? And... This is uh, these guys like Durst has to be a troll. This whole thing, this whole his whole career is a troll and he's made money off of it and I want in. I want a piece of this action, okay? <laughs> I I, I... Whoever thought a hot dog was a good idea should be killed. I didn't like that song. I don't like the rhyme. I don't like the scheme. I don't like the composition of the song. No I, judge, no jury, straight to execution. Just just, just straight up, get the moolah, get the, get the fucking saber. We're cutting his head off. No problem. Uh, inshallah. Um, you cannot deny that hits like My Generation, My Way, and Roland aren't catchy as fuck. Who doesn't like Roland? That's a song that every motherfucker could be jumping up and down to. It, it it's just it's so damn good man like they are catchy fucking songs on some there's there's hits i love them but at the same time it's getting a little bit more popular. uh i i don't like it at all whatsoever the rest of the album, i just don't need they could have made an ep and it would have showed instead of like what 4 million it could have went double in 8 million you know it would have made more sense um there's just the production's good uh there's a lot of off this kind of weird feeling that I'm getting from these songs that just seem like they're not even putting the same fucking effort in that they did on significant other and $3 bill. Um, they're too popular to me at this point. Um, they don't have me hooked anymore. And if anything, I need to see Ava Mendes chocolate starfish. Thank you.
2: Nice. I'm, I'm on board because I want to see where this train is going to crash. <laughs> uh, song I here, Living It Up, which is a song I want to see live. I'm uh, pretty sure that song could have been a single. Okay, there's two versions of Roland. There's the air raid vehicle, and then there's the urban assault vehicle. So the air raid one is the single that has the music video. I am pretty sure there are car horns in the mix of that song. Mm. Somebody go through it and deconstruct it. I swear there's car horns beeping in that fucking song. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I low-key love that song. Uh, It might be stupid. I feel like it's, it's my guilty pleasure of this band. Now, the other one, the Urban Assault Vehicle mix has DMX, Method Man, and Red Man in it. Oh I love how that song begins It's Fred Durst He's like play that fucking track Right And then they play the track And then it's Fred Durst Who's like Limp Bizkit You know it's like He's like responding to his own self uh, So the rappers make that song The beats in the song I hate I, Like if the rappers Were not on that song I would say That can go right in the trash pile But because you get Method man again You get red man And you get DMX They, they make that uh, track shine uh, Again beats are fucking trash But because they're there I, 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 I give it a pass uh, Jeff, what do you think of this album?
3: Oh, uh, a lot of this shit I already said, but, um, the guitar is heavy in the beginning of hot dog, but the lyrics are so fucking stupid. I actually wonder if that song even appears on the edited version of the album. Cause there's no, what, what's it going to do? Just be blank for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I discussed that, that my way is the WWE's favorite song. People still jerk off to it from WrestleMania 2001. Uh, you can't listen to roll without thinking of the music video. Um, exhibits on this album i hope he got paid a million dollars for his appearance um in the song take a look around Fred durst sings that hate is all the world has seen lately yeah and why and why do you want to hate me fuck you you have peddled hate your entire career. he's like
2: yeah, he's like a career troll i get it yeah, yeah. I, I like that line though i do but yeah i you're right uh, when, when things come from fred durst it's hard to you know have any sympathy
3: <laughs> um, the song boy I, I wrote I, I wrote that I hate the song Boiler I don't even know why uh, I wrote the song Hold On, so that all of their fans can play at the funerals of all of their significant others after they beat them to death to the rest of them. <laughs> God <family>. damn, um, <laughs> damn! And then the last thing I wrote to to, to uh, piggyback on yours, Urban Assault version of Roland is the best Limp Biscuit song ever. They should just scrap the rest of their shit and just have that be their thing. That's, That's
2: all. it so okay the song boiler i'm surprised that was a single uh, i would have chosen every other song on this album to be before that one uh a couple other things the song it'll be okay uh it's a good song has a nice mix of the like the limp Bizkit style with other musical styles and they blend them together hold on is another one that has scott wyland so he came back uh it's always nice to hear him i'm still not sure if i immediately knew that it was him and the song is way too long it's five and a half fucking minute song uh talking about the bloat i don't need a chorus 90 times i don't need all this shit uh just streamline the whole thing uh and then last thing i want to talk about is the intro i mean the intro the outro uh i don't know why this band is obsessed with filling every available fucking second on a cd but they do and they're never going to stop because the next album is just as long if not longer than this one uh and um but but the outro of this does not need to exist it's five minutes of dumb bullshit that nobody cares about Fucking cut the track. It's not good. It doesn't add anything. If anything, it just takes away from it. Uh, Let's read some YouTube comments real quick. First one. See, these are the comments that I have to double take to. Still limping with the biscuit. We'll never uh, have anything this good ever. Just crank it up. Smash your day on repeat. Next person says, Mm. uh, I was in like second grade and my teacher took the CD from me because she couldn't believe what I was listening to. Next one. Pop this album during... uh, uh, work in the hospital i kept singing and rapping all alone my coworkers looking at me weird since i memorized most of it i'm like what's up i don't judge you guys for singing k-pop when you don't even know when you don't even understand it imagine working in the hospital and you're bumping this album
1: don't don't uh, i don't want i don't want health care from there no i'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good thank uh, you
2: uh, is that, it, that, is that hospital in the juggalo hospital don't take me there what's no. up
3: is it k-pop like in a different language yeah it yeah is. it's korean so, so so is this fucker working in korea and yeah. like he's just like he's like no no i love this american music like oh
2: you're saying that okay. they don't understand this no i think yeah. they do but but yeah no. he's like i don't judge you guys for your own music that you don't understand i don't know next person saw limp biscuit and godsmack in concert back in high school and they both were amazing live i've seen comments contradicting this some people are like yo these guys suck balls live but i've seen a bunch that were like yo when i saw them they were fucking great uh lastly uh been a long time forgot how much the bass slaps on this album yeah man the bass player is awesome i i love him and i love that he is competent and they crank the shit out of uh his bass Is there anything that anyone else wants to say about chocolate, starfish, and the hot dog flavored water before we move on?
1: Yeah. um, Your concert experience is determined by the drugs you take. Take all of them. True. Is that
2: going to make this band better or worse?
1: Better. Okay.
2: All right. Now, I'm going to drop some artwork, which is absolutely atrocious garbage.
3: Than this fucking hot dog flavored water artwork that we had to look at. yeah. I'm taking
2: hot dog flavored anytime (laughs) over the fucking results (laughs) may vary artwork. Uh, results may vary is a 16 track record released in 2003 coming in just under 69 minutes long it's Mm. the band's fourth studio album their final until 2011's gold cobra reaching number three on the u.s billboard 200 charts and contains the singles eat you alive and behind blue eyes during production the album's title changed from bipolar to panty sniffer and then to results results may vary Durst went on to say, "The album title, as results may vary. Like a prescription drug, each person's reaction to the ingredients will be different." Uh, it's the band's only album under the sole leadership of Durst after the temporary departure of guitarist Wes Borland, who left in 2001. Borland explained why he left, saying, "I could have probably uh, gone on, still played guitar. Uh, excuse me, I could have probably gone on and still played the part of the guitar player of Limp Bizkit, but musically I was kind of bored. If I was, if if I was to continue, I would have been." <laughs> Excuse me. If I was to continue, it would have been uh, about the money and not about the true music. And I don't want to lie to myself, the band and the fans of Limp Bizkit. That is an honest person right there. Guitarist uh, Mike Smith of Snot was brought in to replace Borland, although he would leave the band in 2004. Durst ended up handling the majority of the album's guitar work, along with um, with uh, multiple guests contributing, including Brian Head Welch from Korn on Build a Bridge and Randy Piera uh, uh, on Behind Blue Eyes. Results may vary different from Limp gets established sound until... Up until that point, although it still featured elements of hip-hop and new metal, it also branched out into other musical styles, including alternative rock, acoustic, funk, jazz, and emo. It also features less rapping and more introspective lyrics related to heartbreak, bullying, and self-pity. There's claims that he had an affair with Britney Spears during uh, collaborating sessions for her 2003 album, In the Zone. Spears denies this happening, which which is also cited as an inspiration for some of the album's material results may vary holds the fourth lowest score on metacritic above young rebel sets curse our love the bloodhound gang's hefty fine and kevin federline's playing with fire results may vary has been certified platinum it's
3: so a, it's pretty convenient that most of those acts had something to do with with britney spears and they all looking mm. at the bottom of the list like you just said kevin wow. federline oh uh, yeah. Fred Durst,
2: yeah yeah they, wow. yeah federline well he was married to her for a while i think right or no
1: yeah, he's, he's. Yeah, I think he, he's
2: like the father of her children.
1: He's banking on uh, alimony right now. I'll tell you that
2: much. <laughs> he did. He did the uh, the Chappelle with Oprah.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: So, Carrie uh, King, when we were talking about Slayer last week, uh, he said that he did all the writing for Repentless because there was a new guitar player and a returning drummer. Uh, for that album right and so the sound didn't change too drastically he didn't want to upset fans by giving them a cd they didn't expect or that, that they didn't want and that's exactly what happened on this album you have a new guitar player and he's also writing the songs in this record it has moments of old school Limp biscuit stuff old school it's like two years before Bruh. a previous Limp get style but uh it's completely different uh the recording quality of this album i think is still good it's this record is too long track wise and fucking minute wise but there's there's tons of money to be made from this album even at the worst some of these songs are just mad boring rock songs and you you could still pump them out and make money from them uh there are no eternal bangers like you had on the previous albums uh but um Again, with this style, there's a bunch of shit you can uh, push out. So uh, one thing that I want to talk about is, uh, it said online, during the Back to Basics tour concert, Durst was hit with an object thrown from the crowd. He finished the remaining two songs of the set and then after the concert got seven stitches. So uh, if you remember the the Nickelback meltdown when they threw some shit at him, he stopped <laughs> the whole show, uh, was like, hey, do you want us to just leave? And then everyone's like, fuck you or whatever. So they leave. This was the opposite, and I have to respect the dude for carrying on and then getting medical help afterwards. I don't know where he was hit by whatever was thrown at him, but fucking good for him for being a fucking champ about it. Uh, mm-hmm. This is easily my least favorite of the four. I despise the artwork on this album, and uh, but th- there's highlights. Like okay, so if we take where Limpiskit was in 1997 versus now, the behind blue eyes cover which is the cover of a Who song. I don't hate the version of that song, right? Uh, I I think it's pretty good, like at least the sound quality of it. The acoustic guitar sounds great and the recording is awesome. And I think Fred Durst honestly sounds good on it. Uh, People talk shit about the speak and spell part in the middle, but I don't hate that. At least it's different. Uh, safe covers and playing the original song exactly the same is shit that fucking bores me to tears so throw something different anything different into the song and some people are going to hate it and some people are going to love it it doesn't or I guess just like it. I don't know if anyone's like, I love the speak and spell part of the song, but it doesn't help that they, he's covering a very famous classic rock song. Like motherfuckers online are so entitled and they act like they were part of the writing and recording process of the original song when they had nothing to do with it. Like the band doesn't give a fuck about you anyway. Uh, so they're like, oh, you ruined something that I love. You, there are certain songs you can't tackle and I'm happy that people have the balls to do it. People talk shit about the song, whatever. He had the fucking balls to do it. Good for him. Uh, good because uh, whatever, let everybody cry about it. I don't give a shit. Rob, what do you think of this album?
0: Let's see. So, yeah, uh, this album is like different, you know, I, I, uh, the way I interpreted that was that they, uh, felt that the, like, you know, the new, the new metal thing had gone, uh, out of. I don't think I don't think new metal was as popular by this point. I think most of us had moved on. Um, I remember in two thousand three, what I was listening to. I was like, you know, into thrice and you know tech metal stuff, and I don't know what else. Uh, but, but yeah, so like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been impressed by this album, I don't think. But yeah, anyway, yeah. I, sometimes on this album, I got vibes of other bands that I liked, but which is cool. But it's also bad because it's just to me like uh, uh, Significant Other had personality and was them, and this just feels like uh, music that was put on. I mean, it's it's cool that uh, Fred Durst can sing because I think that I, I didn't yeah like. I, on the first album, the first album has a lot of personality, but he's not there as a singer yet. Like this album, he's a good singer, but like the album's kind of lifeless. I don't, I can't, I can't even pick out like what my favorite song on it is. It's just, uh, I don't know. I listened to it a couple times. It's okay. Oh, and I kind of hate uh, "Eat You Alive." Like I watched the fucking music video for it, and so he's he's got a woman. Uh, tied up uh in the woods uh to a chair, and he like is a he's like six inches from her face, screaming into her face like with a fucking megaphone. Uh like that's fucking necessary. And then, you know, just saying like, you know, stuff, I wanna eat your pussy, basically. And like what I, I don't know. You're hot, uh, you're hot, and then he he turns on these lights and is like, "Okay, uh, it's hot. It's hot. Uh, I want to look at you, and there's nothing wrong with that." And then, like, the woman like smiles for some fucking reason uh, because uh, uh, th- this this. I, I don't know what kind of person is turned on by any of this but yeah and then uh, a whole bunch of people <laughs> with shotguns chase after fred durst and then the fucking mu- music video is over um yeah I, I fucking love how they almost called this album panty sniffer it's like fucking yeah that's fucking fred durst for you uh that's it
2: there was something i was going to say about that song about uh eat you alive I fucking lost it. Um, so one thing I think that's funny, so funny about the video is that Fred Durst in the very beginning is like, "Yo, come here, come here, like you're gonna love this." And then it shows the guitar player playing this riff, and it's like the most boring fucking riff. On the <laughs> it's like if, if if you're bringing attention to it, and you have to deliver on it, or just don't say anything. Uh, if he didn't say anything, I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, that's a riff." But the fact that he's like pointing to it, it's like, "Oh, come here, come here, check this out, check this out." It's like that's it. That's I, you're, I'm wasting my time listening to that. Um, <laughs> So beginning of this album, it has like an intro. Now, this intro, it's like a minute long, but it's combined with the first song. Uh, Chop it up, make it two things if you have to have it. It sucks anyway. Just cut both of them. So Eat You Alive. I think, I don't know, it could be Stockholm Syndrome. I think I like that song now. I don't know, but the main guitar riff is just so fucking boring. Uh, but I do like Fred Durst screaming. I really do. At some point, he, he, he does great screaming. There's a song after that called Give Me the Mic, which sounds closer to the Limp Bizkit sound, one of the better songs on it. Definitely could have been a single. So uh, if you look up these albums, the, the written... Uh, uh, the like who wrote each song it's not just durst all the way down like he doesn't take full credit for all that shit a lot of it is all of them that are credited and i do think that wes borland was just that linchpin that was here that was tying everything together like you have everyone kind of doing their own thing writing contributing and all that kind of stuff but i think he was the one that was really giving them that exact sound that they had before because he's gone here and we do get snippets of it we get pieces of it there are choruses or verses that sound like limp Bizkit like what we've heard from before but there's just so much that just sounds like a generic rock song or rock album like uh, underneath the gun it's like it's not a bad rock song it has a good chorus but like i don't care about it and it's too long it's like over like it's almost six minutes long that's like the fucking bloat has to go when when we talk about fucking albums that are 30 minutes 28 minutes 35 minutes it's like yeah that's my jam that's my attention span 60 minutes 69 minutes 79 minutes is way too long uh, especially when you have something here that is so dry for a lot of people like i don't think anyone well we'll see in the comment we'll see when we read the comments that people I, I think they've come around to this album a bit but i don't think anyone is like oh this is their fucking crowning achievement you know jomo what do you think of this album
1: uh results may vary the results are shit yeah. don't listen to this dumpster fire <laughs>
2: Adam. <laughs> Uh, the bass and drums though are still tight. This a song here called "Almost Over." So the rapping in the verses can be lame, but I think that the chorus is good. Uh, I would have made that a single. I would have put a lot of fucking uh, kids to college with that. Uh, Build a bridge, which is the one featuring Head from Corn that also i think could have been a single a solid rock song and it has head from corn so you could use that in the fucking publicity for it uh red light green light has snoop dogg it's nice to hear him you know it's him exactly when he starts talking unfortunately he didn't make it onto a better album (laughs) Uh, a lot of fred durst lines in that song are so lame red light green light again like that's the nursery rhyme shit throw it out it doesn't work Uh, It might work one in a hundred times. Uh, The U's did it with like Liar Liar, Pants on Fire. It was shit. Uh, I think uh, one of the bands we listened to, oh no, what was it? Rain Rain Go Away? That was shit. It doesn't work. People, it's the the idea that, oh, I forgot. That's your most favorite song? Wait, what?
1: Bitch, hurry up.
2: Okay. Anyway, I think people have this idea in their head that like, oh, it's smart. It's intelligent. It's new. It's different. It sucks. It's always going to suck. One out of a hundred, one out of a thousand will be okay. Uh, The only one is another song on here it doesn't have that classic limp biscuit fucking style okay rock song again it could have been a single you could have probably whored out this whole album but it would just been okay shit you wouldn't have had bangers like you had before but you could have had a shit ton of singles i'm going to guess whoever was in charge of the money behind this album pulled it because i don't know why some of these weren't released as singles uh jeff what do you think of this record
3: so obviously it's been a recurring theme that we've talked about a bunch but i hate when fred durst like name drops other bands or songs or lyrics like, like, and give me them, like, he does it to Nirvana, and in Phenomenon does, does it to the Misfits. It's just overdone. Um, after listening to this album and like the change of pace, um, and tone with like songs like, uh, songs like Down Another Day, I wonder if, if their fans actually called them sellouts. I'm sure, they did. Um, almost over, may, maybe the best song on the record. With the Bridge, you already discussed, and then, um, I wrote, do you think that snoop dog wrote his own lyrics on red light green light because it'd be really embarrassing if fred durst wrote the lyrics for him that'd be really fucking funny well, um, there's a part
2: where he talks about like doing drugs so yeah, yeah. I, I would assume he wrote those um in the
3: song in the song only one he says that the girl was moving too fast and he isn't looking for for oh, yeah. screw on oh, the yeah. first date this is yeah. the same asshole who got famous <laughs> about doing it off of the nookie so fuck you Yeah. um I hope the bass player gets paid the biggest royalty checks for this record because he starts every song. So he is the most appeared on this record. Um, He starts with every song. These assholes release a song called Radio Is Dead. And then two tracks later, they release the biggest cry for radio play in history with an overproduced, auto-tuned acoustic cover of a, of a wildly popular song. So fuck them. Is it and auto-tuned? I- it sure does sound like it. Maybe that's why his voice was good, but... Uh, <laughs> bro! <laughs> <All> then <right. Bro. laughs> <laughs> oh
2: <laughs> It could be. I, I said his voice sounded great, yeah. <laughs>
3: so, after the last song of this, my Spotify went went into shuffle mode and it, it started playing the Slipknot titled and my ears wept with, with like relief and gratitude. <laughs> it <was> <laughs> <be four laughs> holds plus. up. yeah. And then, the last thing. After I listened to this album, I looked up uh, recent Limp Biscuit set lists because I wanted to see if they play any songs off this record. No joke, they play for an hour and a half every night. Seven, seven fucking covers a night. They play seven fucking covers. Not a single song off this off this album, which shows that they don't have any faith in this, and not even faith in their own records. That they're playing seven fucking covers a night. Mm. That's all I got. Mm. That, that, that's the best way to end Limp Biscuit. They don't even have faith in their own goddamn
2: <laughs> music. See, I I, I want to know if it's that or if it's, if if Wes Borland is like, yo, I'm not playing any of that shit. Like Slash got cucked pretty much into playing Chinese Democracy because yeah, I guess he needs money or some shit. But if, Wes Borland might be like, yo, I'm not touching any of that shit because he has been in the band since uh, whenever he came back in 2000 fucking four or whatever 2005. Um, yeah, Saturday I. I <laughs> <Saturday>. <laughs> yeah, I, I like. I, I, I think about auto-tune a lot because when did auto-tune like become a thing? Were uh, people
1: auto-tuning in T-Pain, the 80s? T-Pain. Out of the it 80s. started with T-Pain.
2: So this is early 2000s. Were people auto-tuning in the early 2000s? Yes, they were. T-Pain. Oh, they were. Okay. There's, there was a comment on a Lawrence Arms album where someone was like, oh, Chris's uh, voice is auto-tuned.
3: And I was like, I would good. hope not. T- time out. Time out. If that dude's auto-tuned, then the <laughs> fucking producer tells people the wheel. Well, Chris has,
2: no, he, has a, he has a good voice. I mean, you okay, talk, right, yeah, all right, all right. He's, hes the good voice of the two. Okay, Not right, my I'm favorite, good. but he's the, the good one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there, there's some things on here where it's like you're uh, when Fred Durst is like. What uh, was me? It's very hard for me to be like, Oh, I, I feel so bad for Fred Durst. Like, I don't, you're fucking rich. You fucked bitches. Like, okay, what, what else do you want, dude? Like right. you, yeah, you, you, you had back to back like multi-platinum selling albums again, fuck bitches made money. That isn't, that is the saying fuck bitches make money. You did that. So like, mm. I don't, don't whine to me that, that you want more Uh lonely world. I'm not going to lie to you. That song fucking rips. Easy single money. Song after that, Phenomenon. I hate the verse of that song. The chorus bangs pretty damn hard, though, and they fight each other because it's like, okay, the chorus is great, Now I have to go back to the shitty-ass verse. Uh, Head for the Barricade, one of the better songs on it. And I, at, as I'm listening to that song, I'm waiting for it to drop like it would have if Wes Borland was in the van. And it never fucking does. It has a part where it gets heavy, but it never drops like I will. I wanted it to. And then after "Behind Blue Eyes," uh, the song and e- the album ends with "Drown." Uh, I don't hate that song. Uh, it's it's not the song to end the album, and it definitely shouldn't have come. It's a slow song, so it shouldn't have come after an already slow song. "Behind Blue Eyes." Um, but they ended it with it and that's the album. It's, it's okay. I wouldn't say this is like the worst album ever. There's okay parts of it. It's just like, I, like the big thing is, is exactly what Carrie King did not want to happen to Slayer is exactly what happened to Limp Bizkit here. So he's smart. He understands his audience uh and he took care of business this was not done in that way it's not i don't think this album is an atrocity but would i ever go back to listen to it no but there are people who like it and i think it's going to come around for people at some point uh let's read some youtube comments and we'll get the fuck out of here first uh here i am again listening to this masterpiece so glad they picked Ugh. up mike smith for their band uh, the guitars in production are both insane Honestly, my favorite guitar playing on this album is on Bl- Behind Blue Eyes, and he is not even playing guitar on it. Uh, the only good thing I can say about this mess is that it's better than St. Anger. What do you think about that, Jomo?
1: It's <laughs> fucking solid. I will take that <laughs> over St. Anger. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, next one. Uh... Yo, St. Anger is the king of bloat. That album is like 80 minutes long. (laughs) Uh, Perfect. Like the guy who redid St. Anger, not only redid all the instruments, he cut like 15 minutes of worthless shit from that album. Mm -hmm. Uh, Perfect for multiple moods. I can see why folks have issues with it, but I just can't dislike it. Next person says one of my top five favorite albums of all time. Yikes. I want to see what the other four are. Uh, And then the next guy says, this is my girlfriend's favorite Limp Bizkit album. And the first thing I was thinking was about like my girlfriend and like my girlfriend's boyfriend, you know, like those memes on the internet, but nobody, nobody commented on it. Uh, Is there anything else anyone wants to say about results may vary?
3: On this album cover that I just noticed. if That's Fred Durst on the album, which I assume it is. Yeah. It totally appears that he has a cold sore, cold sore on the
2: bottom of his, of his, I can't stop seeing that. Oh,
3: Maybe the no sex thing was correct. There you go. Mm. Go back. So yeah. if you if you notice
2: their logo on the left hand side, that's the significant other uh, guy. Like there's nice. no detail or whatever. Uh, and so anyway, we talked about the four big main limp Bizkit albums. If you are into them and you want to hear more, they had an album in 2011 called Gold Cobra, and they had an album in 2021 called Still Sucks. So there's other stuff out there that you can check out. Is there anything that anybody else wants to say about anything today? before we get the fuck out of here no who are we doing next week
1: let's do the who, who? Awesome. Awesome. okay all right well you heard it first we're doing the who next week thank you we uh we got through biscuit uh take care have a great day